0: Tuesday, we, uh, or actually this past Sunday, we celebrated uh, three baptisms from our friends at Revive Lifehouse Ministries. So that's exciting. And we did it, we did it on, uh, at Broadway Baptist, which were great, or, or Broadway Christian, sorry, which we're grateful for them letting us use that. We usually do baptisms out there in a portable hot tub, and we decided that that was not a good idea um, in the snow. Um, for the sake of, because it'd be buried with Christ and then we'd literally have to bury them with Christ because they would die from hypothermia. So uh, we decided to go do that. So we're grateful for that and continue partnership. These three guys, keep praying for them. They're phasing out into phase two, um, which is the uh, next phase up that they'll be in for 90 days. And I'm so excited for them too. Also, this past Tuesday, we celebrated our two-year anniversary as a church. How about that? We've been around for two years. Um, and if you know anything, to, I tell people, a two-year, two-year-old church is kind of like a two-year-old kid. There's just milestones and milestones and milestones, and sometimes you just crap the bed, too. So, you know, we're growing, and, and God, we're grateful for what God is doing in this church and grateful for you guys to be a part of it. So, well, I have here in my pocket um, this fancy little thing. This is a $50 bill. Anyone want to guess where this is from? No, not Canada. Oh, we got one back there. Japan, no. Mexico, China, China no, Europe. no, not Europe, India. no. Wow, this is. I'm going to have to tell everybody because we're going to go through the entirety of the countries. Uh, this is from Australia. This is a fifty dollar Australian bill. It's a lot cooler looking than our bills, um, and I got it in the mail from my Steve, from my friend Steve who lives in Sydney. And it was part of a Christmas present, and he was nice enough to put a $50 bill in there, even though I can't spend it here in America. Um, but it was nice to even look at and think I had that. But uh, I, I looked it up, and it's worth, in American money, uh, uh, $35, I think, and 24 cents or something like that. Um, so the values are different. And honestly, right now, it's, it's, it's got a value, obviously. It's worth something, but it's... Uh, not something I can actually use because i 'm here because there 's different economies involved here, and as we 've talked about our values and, and, and what our lives look like in the in the kingdom of Jesus and we, as he begins his ministry he he talks about his new reality being a kingdom it 's a, a kingdom reign that has different values and different currencies as well, so the way that we see uh, money and possessions in the kingdom of God is different than we see money and possessions in the kingdoms of this world, in the kingdom of America. And we have the same money and the same resources and the same possessions, and, but it's the way we value, value them, how their value is different within the economy of Jesus and his kingdom. And so we're gonna have to learn as followers of Jesus how in this American life, we live in the context of the kingdom with our stuff the kingdom of God. Um, So that's a big thing because the Bible talks about our money and our possessions a ton. There's 2,350 verses dealing directly with money and possessions. That's a lot. Jesus talks about money and possessions far more than he talks about heaven and hell. 16 of his 38 parables are told around the subject of money and possessions. So this is important to the scriptures. And and Jesus goes on in the Sermon on the Mount, obviously, to kind of drive the the nail into the the, the stake here and to say this, that for where your, your treasure is, your heart will be also. Jesus makes it clear that we always have this connection between our hearts and the way we see our stuff. Whether it is something we own or whether it's something that owns us is the question. So we're talking about our core identities. And last week we were supposed to talk about we are welcoming. And then the snow happened and we decided to stay home. We didn't cancel church. We canceled the service, but church is people. So we were the church wherever we are. Um, and so we, we're going to push that back and we're shooting ahead to number four. And the value this week is we are generous. Our fourth core identity is we are generous and that's because of as disciples of Jesus we see ourselves as God's family. And if we are God's family, the rightful posture towards one another as as God's family and towards the world is generosity. We should be generous people. And we are this way. The reason we believe that we should be generous is not because it's what we're supposed to do, just the shoulds and the ought tos. It's because what we see in the scripture is that God is unendingly generous to us. That God is always posturing himself towards us in self giving love. He is always giving of himself, all of himself. Romans 8 tells us this. It says, what then are we to say about these things? If God is for us, who is against us? And then it goes on to explain a little bit of that. It says, he did not not even spare his own son, but offered him up for us all. And then it says, how will he not also with him grant us everything? So God, because he's this self-giving, generous God, we live in this reality, not of scarcity, but abundance, that God is always giving of himself, giving us everything that we could possibly need. And As disciples of Jesus, we should have that same character, that same idea of generosity flowing out of us that should be growing and being made manifest in our lives as his disciples. So when you're talking about money and possessions, Gosh, there's just so much stuff you could talk about from the scriptures. There's things like economic justice. The way that the scriptures see money and justice is life-changing. We need a whole series around this, and I hope we will get to that at some point, maybe even this year. But there's just so much stuff that we can't get to today as we talk about money that we should get to and need to get to in terms of how the kingdom of God is different from the kingdom of America and the way that we see our money and our possessions. But what I want to give you today quickly is really three foundational truths of of just base level stuff about how the Bible sees our money and our possessions. We'll start with this here. The first thing we see throughout the scriptures is that everything we have is a gift. Everything. There is nothing you could point to in your life right now that you have that you can say, I, you know what, that's, that's something I got on my own. No, the scriptures teach us this paradigm that every single thing that you have, whether big or small, is a gift James 1:17 says every good and perfect gift is from above Coming down from the father of lights who does not change like shifting shadows. I love that it adds on that he does not change because his generosity does not stop and end when he sees us living out of the ways of his will. God is unendingly generous and gracious to us even when we are not living into the reality of his will because his grace is stronger than our sin. His ways do not change when we do. That is good news. And so we recognize in that that everything we have is a gift. And and out of that comes the second reality we see in the scriptures. If everything is a gift of grace from God, not from something that we have, have earned for ourselves, just like grace itself and our spiritual realities, it shapes the next truth. And that is we own nothing and we steward everything. Because if everything from God is a gift, we can't look at the stuff that we have and think, you know what, this... This is mine and hold on to it. We've recognized that the stuff that we have, the money, the possessions, the resources, the time, everything we have as a gift is given to us to steward from the beginning of the scriptures that makes this clear. Genesis 1 tells us that our job is to be fruitful and to multiply and to, to subdue the earth, meaning we are, and even in creation itself, called to be stewards of creations, called to be stewards of what God has given us in the earth. Every single resource imaginable on this earth, whether we own it or not, is a gift, and we don't own it in that sense. We steward it to the glory of God. Our job is not to own, but to manage in a way that reflects God's character of generosity, which leads us to the third foundational truth. If that's true, if it's true that everything is a gift, if it's true that we own nothing and that we actually steward everything we have, we see throughout the scriptures that our blessings are given to us in order to bless others. That God gives us nothing that is just for us. There is nothing in the character of the scriptures that says that God is blessing you for the sake of, of just for me and for mine. And that's, that's not the kingdom of God. That's the kingdom of this world. What we have is given to us to share and to bless those around us, to love our neighbors, to love our enemies. There's no understanding of our resources in the Bible. It's just centered on ourselves. It's just not there. Instead, like the giver himself, we're called to reflect his character in giving and blessing others. Listen, some of us in here have more than others. One of the things that I love is this is becoming a growingly economically diverse church. We have to recognize that. But we all recognize that not just the folks that have have something to give. Statistically, it's the poor that are the most generous. If you look at the statistics, the more money you make, the less money you actually give to charity, to churches whatsoever. The poor are the ones that give the most. And so as an economically diverse church, as we grow into that, it's not just a few saying, I have all the resources to give. It's recognizing and giving dignity to folks and, uh, and reminding people of dignity and say, you have something to give as well, even if it's not money or possessions because you belong to this family. That's different from the kingdom of America, from the kingdoms of this world that think this, what I have, I've earned it. It's mine to use however I want it. And I will fight like hell to make sure that I make sure no one gets their hands on it. Does that sound familiar? That's what we are discipled the other 97% of our week to believe. To believe that what we have is just for us. It's for our good. It's something we've earned. It's mine to use however we want. And a couple of weeks back, we looked at Acts 2 as we talked about family. And you see in the middle of this passage, for many, a very uncomfortable couple of verses when it says, now all the believers were together and held all things in common. They sold their possessions and property and distributed the proceeds to all as any had need. Now, in the context of our worldly economy, that makes no sense. In fact, we struggle and sometimes we try to apply economic terms to what's actually happening here. It just doesn't fit our paradigms because this is the kingdom of God's economy where the currency is generosity, where I don't see myself as earning what I have. I see everything I have as a gift. I own nothing and I steward everything and I see what has been given me, whether a lot or a little, as an opportunity to bless others because that reflects. The character of God. What we see in Acts 2 is that these women and these men live under a different kingdom reality in a different economy. I don't know if you know that or not. That's what we're called to do. We live in a different kingdom, friends. We live in a kingdom in the kingdoms of this world and our currency, the way we see our stuff must be different. Generosity as followers of Jesus has to become the currency through which we see the world or we'll just fit in with everyone else. Paul reminds us later in the New Testament in 1 Timothy 6 of of the heart behind this. He says, instruct those who are rich, In the present age. I want to stop there because some of us in here will say, I'm not rich. And maybe that's true, but for a vast majority of us, go to globalrichlist.com and put in how much you make. And I guarantee you will be within the top three or 4% in the entire world. You may not realize this, friends, but you are rich. You are rich. Even the, the poverty line of America, which is, I think this year is about 16,400, something like that, is at 6% of, of the entire world. So, so for most of us in here, when we hear the Bible talk about rich, sometimes we say, ah, that's not me, I'm not really rich. But we need to hear it speaking directly to us. And so let's look at this verse, not for those people Let's look at this verse for us. So again, 1 Timothy 6, 17 through 19, Instruct those who are rich in the present age not to be arrogant or to set their hope on the uncertainty of wealth, but on God, who richly provides us with all things to enjoy. Instruct them to do what is good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and willing to share, storing up treasure for themselves as a good foundation for the coming age so that they may take hold of what is truly life. What we see here is an upside-down kingdom economy. We gain more in Jesus' economy by giving it away. What is valuable in Jesus' economy is not what we have, but what we are able to give. That's massive. And so as a church family, we come to understand that we are at our best when we are giving ourselves away, whether that be our money or possessions, whether that be our time, whether that be our gifts. Everyone in this room, everyone in our church family has something that is valuable and has something that they could give to bless this family, whether you have a lot or you have a little. And I think that's powerful. So we want to be a community that uses our resources, both as individuals and as a church body, to invest in Jesus's kingdom economy, and through that power, see generosity become not the exception, but the norm in our family. So so there's so much more that we want to say about this, and some practical realities, and what that looks like for our church. So I want to invite up again Kelly Gore, and she's going to join us. Kelly's one of our elders, and you can give her a hand if you want to. Why not?
1: They weren't going to clap. I don't so, know. Yeah, you just, yeah. I don't all know. Right.
0: So let's talk about this um, from a practical sense. I know generosity is something that's really, really on your heart, um, just in, a, in your own personal life, through business, but also just for our church as, as we lead forward. So talk a little bit about that.
1: All right. So I need to be totally honest, first of all, and say that it used to be years ago when I would be in a service and I would hear you or someone else teach about money and generosity, I would automatically assume, usually rightfully so, Mm -hmm. like they're going to ask me to give more money to the church. Would you guys agree with that? Like, are you feeling like that way with Justin right now? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) And so I kind of got jaded. I really did in a lot of ways. Generosity has been something that is super important. Um, As a kid, I saw my family really kind of give to a fault in a lot of ways. And not prepare themselves for the future. And when John and I got married, we knew generosity had to be really important, but we wanted to find a balance of that. But I was in places, and I knew from working with churches as a consultant and different things that, I don't know if you guys know, but there are consulting companies that teach churches how to ask you for money. And... Um, if you Google this, you will see. <laughs> um, That's what I've been missing. Yeah, and it is. <laughs> um, it's very much a strategy of, like, how to pull your emotional heartstrings. And, and so when you see the behind the scenes of this, I, I can speak for me and say, I find it very disturbing. And so because God has given me such a heart for generosity— And so I had to really wrestle with those feelings of why was I being offended by this when it's something I'm really passionate about? And God brought somebody into my life and she is the epitome of a cheerful giver. And not just a giver in financial resources, which she does, but um, she believed in the calling that God had on my life. She moved from Indiana to Kentucky to volunteer full-time in my business because she just believed what God was doing. She used her financial resources. Like, she just modeled. And so I got to spend years walking alongside her, and she taught me about giving in so many ways. And one of the things that she did is, and still does, is she prays. When she sees an opportunity, she prays, and she asks God, God, is this my opportunity I'm to give to? Because here's the thing. We're not to give to every opportunity. In fact, we're to connect with God. We're to spend time with Him. And He will lead us and He will nudge us. And if I take the opportunity from someone else, I'm depriving them of the opportunity. Hmm. And so just walking with her, I just saw so much generosity and one of my favorite scriptures for this is from 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 through 7. It says, Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart. Decided in your heart. And I think that comes from spending time with God. What has God nudged you to give? It goes on to say, um, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. That cheerful in the Greek um, is hilaros. And if you look at how it's spelled, it looks like hilarious, which I love because we are to give cheerfully and joyfully. And so that means literally if you have a penny to give or you have five minutes to give picking up chairs after the service... Like, we're to do that cheerfully, and as we do, like, Mm -hmm. I think God is so much more concerned about the condition of our heart as we give than he is about what we give. Amen. Yeah. Um, So, in preparing for this, I sent my friend a note, and I just, because I was thinking about, like, what a profound impact she's had on my life. Mm -hmm. And she responded last night, and she said, Anything and everything I have to give is God's money and time through my hands. It's truly humbling how he has entrusted me with such an abundance. Hmm. Which I love because it's the true for all of us hmm. that we do have abundance mm-hmm. whether we feel like we're struggling or not. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So can I say when people give, like what you're giving is hilarious? Is that a good way of putting it? So.
1: <laughs> I love... Um, yeah, and when you think about that scripture, I'm going to think about that now, like, every time yeah. we pass the offering. This is
0: hilarious. Like yeah. that,
1: <laughs> Cheerfully giving, yeah. So we should never, never feel guilty to give. And I'm one of the elders here at the church, and mm-hmm. I'll tell you, this place is so incredibly special. Like, I told Justin, if I was going to do this, that I was never coming up here saying that you had to give to this church. Because... I want you to spend time with God. I want you to connect with him, and I want you to give where he wants you to give. Mm-hmm. And if it it's this place, great. Mm-hmm. I can tell you that we're going to be wise stewards of it. Um, one of the things I love is we were working on our 2019 budget. Yeah, this is 2019. I'm working on a 2020 planner, so I'm all confused. My Lord. Okay, 2019, um, we were working on the budget, and we're looking at the line items, and there was more money going to giving and where we wanted to go than just about any other line item in the budget, which is amazing. And so that's why, you know, when we get a text about a need, um, there's a Lexington Rescue Mission. Did, have you talked about this? Because I was out sick for a little while. We talked about okay. yeah. um, So I hope you're not like planning on some. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, Lexington Rescue Mission um, had this desire to have a washer and dryer so that homeless people could come and do their laundry. And so one of the elders texted, told us about this need. And for us to immediately respond, like we prayed about it and we had the money to do it. And mm-hmm. that was amazing, like yeah. that there are those needs and that. So we are being wise stewards of the resources. But which not only love. that,
0: to paying for the washer and dryer, but our folks were over there drilling holes in the wall, putting the dryer vents in, making sure it fits and everything like that. So.
1: Okay, what was that thing that you used? A concrete, concrete drill. Concrete drill. Yeah, that very looked impressive. impressive. Yeah. Impressive. <laughs> and I, to
0: speak a little bit into that too, like there's, there's some incredibly generous people in this church that. Um, like, I, I think about Tom, wherever Tom is. Tom is so generous with his time and setting up and just giving all the time. You know, Evelyn, where are you at, Evelyn? You're, Evelyn's always bringing me vegetables in the summer, which is the best. And uh, if you guys want to do that, too, <laughs> go for it. Um, but bringing me vegetables. But every, you know, she's always, she's asking me this morning, you know, do we still need uh, pots and pans and stuff for Arbor? For Arbor youth, and like always just a giving heart you 're one of the most generous people I know, Evelyn, you know for that reason and and generosity means so much to that, and you were talking about that with the budget as we were looking through this like i couldn 't believe it like we 're two years old, and we 're about to try to give away twenty thousand dollars this year to outside the walls of this church Like, and that's that 's not something that 's like some big fancy strategy that 's just we want to see the heart of Jesus be postured in the way that we use our money here. You obviously see every week, we're not trying to blow you away with lights and bells and whistles. That costs a lot of money, and we, we intentionally don't do that. I've had people come up to us before like, I can't wait till you can afford um, to make the room darker so we can worship better. And, and I said, well, you're going to be waiting a really long time because we're not spending, It's nothing wrong with that. That's fine if you want to do that. But we want to put our resources to things that matter. Um, The things that are going to advance the kingdom of God outside the walls of this church. So I'm just, I used to get nervous about money talks like this too. But now I don't. I'm excited because look at the stuff we get to do, man. This is amazing. So
1: yeah. Um, Generosity is one of our family values as well. And so those of you who have families, you know that if you have values or things that you want your kids to get, it takes a while to like let that soak in, right? Yeah. Um, So one of the things that we do for our kids to kind of help them start to get it is we point out opportunities. Like there's this opportunity, like what could we do as a family? And so one of our big like dreams, goals is that our kids would start coming to us and saying, okay, there's this opportunity and I want to meet that need. And so fitting that, you know, like it doesn't happen this way. It just happened this week um my daughter gets in the car from school and she starts telling me about this need at her school and it hit me it's like oh my gosh this is that moment Mm -hmm. and so we immediately like cancel our plans drive to the store let her pick out and it was something so simple as play-doh the play-doh at her school was all dried out and her teacher's telling her that they can't afford to get new play-doh and I was like we could go get play-doh and so she was so excited I think yeah we have a picture. Um, of her picking out this Play-Doh and she got to see like how it made people's day. And so what I love about that scripture about being a cheerful giver is I don't believe that's in the word just because. I believe it's in the word because it's God's best for us and that God loves us enough that he wants his best for us. And so we can be those cheerful givers. Okay, so I think there's another side of this too. And I want to read um, because you talked about the Acts Church of how, like, they literally met the needs Mm -hmm. of other people, Mm -hmm. which I love. Mm -hmm. And so I think one of the things that when we come in here, some of you may have, like, the most pressing need. Um, I know some of you are going through some deep heartache right now. You've lost someone that you care about, you're having financial hardship someone that you love is really sick, like probably the last thing you can even focus on is listening to us talk about this. And so I want to read to you one of my favorite stories about Bartimaeus, and I'll tell you how this connects in just a moment. Wrong spot. All right, it says, Then they came to Jericho. As Jesus and his disciples together with a large crowd were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging Listen carefully, because this is important. Jesus asks him, what do you want me to do for you? The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. Immediately, he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. And the reason this is really important to a topic around generosity is we have needs in this room. Like, you've walked in here today, and you probably have some kind of need, That you are begging God to meet you in. Or maybe you're just in a place and you haven't quite articulated what that need is. And so that's what we're going to invite you to do today, to get really clear about what you're asking Jesus to do in your life. And Sarah, I love that you posted this today. So Sarah's in my city group, and this morning I wake up after we talked about doing this awesome thing that we're about to tell you about, And Sarah had posted, and she said, hey, guys, my laptop stopped charging. Does anybody have a laptop I can borrow this week? And I don't know, but I think, like, God just made her laptop stop working so she could (laughs) post
0: that. Jeez, God. Uh,
1: (laughs) Because one of the things that Justin and I talked about is we talked about there are needs in this room, and there are others that can meet those needs. And so we want to be really bold today. On your connection card, you're going to see at the very bottom it says prayer slash needs, and this is something that we're going to introduce today, but that we're going to continue to do because there are things that you might need help with. So maybe you need help with an electric bill. Um, I know when I first started my business many years ago, um, I wasn't very smart and left a full time job with like very little savings, and I was single, so not the smartest decision, Um, but I remember I got an electric bill that was double the amount that it normally was, and I like sat in the floor and cried for hours and hours because I had no idea how I was going to pay this electric bill. Like I had things budgeted out to the penny, and a girlfriend of mine showed up at my house and knocks on the door, and I'm like a blubbering mess, Justin, And I go to the door, and she hands me a check. This is my ministry friend who has no money to give me. Hands me a check and said, God laid it on my heart this morning that I need to give this to you. And you guys, I have this framed. I open the check, and it is the exact amount of my electric bill. Like, exact amount. And so it has shown me that God wants to provide, and he wants to use other people, and such amazing ways. So maybe you need help with an electric bill. Um, Maybe you have repairs that need to happen, like with your car or your home. Maybe you need to borrow a laptop. Um, Maybe you just love to have a friend to go to lunch with, or maybe you need some advice. Maybe something's going on with your kids, or you need somebody to walk alongside and pray for your marriage, or maybe you like want to do this whole generosity thing, but You don't have a budget, and you're not sure if you have any extra money at all, but God's stirring your heart. You could write that down. Maybe you need healing or prayer. Maybe you need some help with some groceries. And I know this is so bold, okay? Um, This is going to be completely anonymous, and you can write it on the card. And then over there, where we're going to do giving today as well, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. All right, so we're going to go into a time of communion, And giving, you can put your card in there anonymously. Now, I will say, today only, um, Justin and I are going to read the needs out loud. So if you have something that's really private, and we're not going to say your name by any means. Like, it's totally anonymous. um, We'll just say what the need is, and we're just going to see if we can meet the needs here in the room. And I told Justin, like, we either believe what God says in the Bible or we don't because we're being pretty bold. This scares the crap
0: out of me, but well, you know, and but it's one of those things. I mean, I've always thought church is a terrible hobby, but if you actually try to live it out, then let's do it, you know? And and so so why not try this out? You know, our heart here is 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 on these cards and we're going to have it hopefully every week where we have needs over here and we're really just going to try and take the risk of seeing um, God meets some needs that we have in this community and as they come along and, and take that risk. And will it be messy? Yes, family is messy, and, but we're willing to be messy in order to see if God can break through in some, some amazing ways. As we were talking to the rescue mission guy the other day, he was talking about that Acts passage. He says, you know how it talks about being in all signs and wonders of God? And he's like, I see that every day. And I'm like, wow, really? There's healings and stuff at the rescue mission? And, and he, said, he said, I see it. And God meeting needs that I never thought could be met. He said, and now I'm in awe of how God comes through and meets these needs. And so my heart is is to tell you today that we're not trying to stand up here and say, the thing for you to do is give money to this church. What we want to see is Jesus make you generous. Because if Jesus makes us a generous community, every need for this church will be met. And beyond that, you will be generous in the life that you live outside these walls as well, too. That's our heart. What if all of us individually formed a family that was generous both inside and outside these walls? I believe every need that God has can be met. So we're going to do it. And this is risky, but we don't. That's just kind of who we are.
1: Yeah, and what I love about family is that this applies whether you've been here the two years or this is your very first Sunday. Like, I believe God's put a need on your heart. Mm -hmm. And let's be bold because maybe today God just wants to meet you right where you are. Mm -hmm.
0: So here's what we're going to do. It's a time of response. Uh, this is what we, where we normally sing and, and take communion and stuff, and that's going to be the same as, as our band comes up. And we encourage you for prayer. If you have any prayer needs, we'll have folks to pray for you in the back and up here in front. I'll be up front as well. The same normal response time that we normally have if we can pray for you about any needs you have whatsoever. But as you come up for communion, if you have a need, whether big or small, to be bold enough to put it in that box, and then we're going to We're gonna come and see if we can meet those needs and as we move forward we're gonna hope that God breaks through in some powerful ways and meets some needs. Um, So yeah. All right, let's pray. Father, I love getting in situations where if you don't show up we're in a mess. So God, we're asking you to show up now. We wanna be a generous people. And God, that flows out of the reality that you have been so generous to us. So right now I pray for us, Holy Spirit, that you would pierce our hearts first and foremost with the abundance of love that's been poured out to us in Jesus Christ. Thank you, God, for your provision for us. Thank you, God, that whether we have much or whether we have little, we belong, we have a family. And God, I pray that you would make us even more generous. Holy Spirit, if there's needs in this room today, I pray that we would be bold. And I pray also that you prepare the hearts of those right now in this room who are gonna meet those needs. trust you with this as we respond together. We worship you now through taking communion, through taking these elements of your body, your blood represented in the bread and the juice. We take these elements worshiping you, remembering your sacrifice. We worship through singing, we worship through prayer, and today, God, we worship through giving to Make us generous like you, in Jesus' name. So we're going to trust the Spirit to lead you today.